Internet Explorer is a podcast that contains adult themes like Kylo Ren fisting his own asshole, but his hand has the three-pointed thing, but it's two other fists. That so he's doing like the three-pointed lightsaber, but he's fisting his ass that way. That's have, a fist chode. Have you been? It's all the same length all the way around. What the fuck is wrong with you? A fist chode? <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Welcome. Welcome. I'm Ryan Broderick. Um, today we have a very nerdy episode for you. It's all about fandom. So we have two great guests. We have Sam Mags, who's the author of Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. And we have the editor of BuzzFeed Geeky, Kritika Malikarjuna. And sh- uh, the two of them are going to be helping us figure out why teenagers keep making all of my favorite movie characters gay. And more importantly, how teenagers are making movies more fun and more open and sort of forcing big studios to actually make some casting changes and writing changes. Damn, Internet Explorer. Back at it again. We got some good internet for us to explore this week. <laughs> this is, I mean, this has been a really exciting week for the internet. Main, I guess technically last week, last Friday. I feel like we're still in fallout. Like it's yeah. still... It's still nuclear from the latest installment of White Privilege Gone Viral. (laughs) Cute white boy does random boring thing and the entire world talks about him. Of course, everyone, we're talking about Damn Daniel. Damn Daniel. So wait a minute. So we need to explain what Damn Daniel is. And there's no better way to explain it other than to just simply play it. Um, Obviously, you won't be able to see what's going on in this video but all you have to know is what you are seeing is a cute teenage boy. Uh, the person who's filming it continually sort of surprises him out on the schoolyard and yeah. says this thing. And it's a bunch of different scenes. Every, you know, he's probably doing it over the course of 10 days or something. Uh, the kid's wearing different outfits and he keeps surprising him in the yard. So this, this, this is the sound. Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Back at it again with the white man. Damn, Daniel. Damn, Daniel. Ooh, yeah. Damn. That's good. That's <laughs> good memeing. That's back good memeing right there. Back at it again right with the white van. Daniel, back at it again with the white vans. I mean, so this is, I think we have to talk about the the, the core of this video. And this video has is wildly, wildly popular. It's been retweeted almost 300,000 times. And it's stupid, right? It's just two teens fucking around on the schoolyard. Um, it's just kind of funny, you know? It's like the kid makes a funny voice and the kid's wearing vans. Yeah, I mean, it's also like such a funny thing to think about because, you know, you think about like a TV show is going to spend millions of dollars making a thing that everyone's going to want to watch and they're going to write a script and they're going to hire actors and they're going to advertise it. And then, you know, what the internet's showing us is that all people really want is to mm-hmm. see what they do normally, but from other people. Like, it's just like the most basic entry-level thing. <laughs> um, but it did kind of take over the internet. There was even a viral hoax about it that came after, that he was mugged and his vans were stolen, the damn Daniel kids, uh, which is not true. There are songs. Uh, I'm act- we're going we're to listen to uh, a song right now, and uh, let's, let's take a listen. Musical memes. Um, but yeah, the, uh, the the internet has actually gone full circle with the story. 
the kid, one of the kids involved with the actual video was swatted. So I assume some dark corner of the internet decided that these teens should be punished for their, their virality. Um, that's, that's how the internet works. You go super famous and then people, um, you know, deliver a hundred pizzas to your house or call the SWAT team on you or something, you know? Damn, Daniel, back at it again with the SWAT team. Damn, Daniel, back at it again. I mean, apart from this unfortunate SWATing incident, which obviously has backfired for the, the, the young teens involved, um, this is just one of those things where, like, it's a really just joyful, pos- like, happy thing that everyone can get behind, like... It's nice. I like when there's just like a thing on the internet that is just universally understood to be good and people like it and it's popular. Oh, yeah. And I like the like the first three days of it before, you know, like some toilet paper brand is like using it as a Twitter meme, Mm -hmm. you know, like before it gets taken from us. Mm -hmm. We still have it in its pure form. Hopefully adults won't understand Damn Daniel for so long that that we have it for a little longer. Damn, Daniel, gotta get those Monsanto seeds. <laughs> so, we have joining us today two wonderful guests. Uh, we have Sam Meggs, author of Fangirl's Guide to the Galaxy. Hello, Sam. Thank Hi, you for joining us. I'm excited to be here. We also have in the studio Kritika Malikarjuna, the editor for BuzzFeed Geeky. Hi, thanks for having me on. Thank you both for being here. We're talking about teens today. We're talking about crazy teens today. Talking about crazy teens. I think a good way into this is to start with one of the most legendary pieces of insane teen fandom that has ever existed on the internet, which is this incredibly long piece of fan fiction called My Immortal. It's it's the Moby Dick of fan fiction, the Ulysses of fan fiction. And it's ostensibly about Harry Potter, but like it's like a hundred th- I mean it's like it's like book length. It's incredibly long. It's like meandering partway through it appears that the author's account who's writing it has been hacked and taken over by, like, another person. Much like the Bible, it's unclear what who wrote it or when <laughs> or how, <laughs> and we just have to deal with it. <laughs> the best way to help you understand, dear reader, a little bit about what this piece of creative genius is, is we're going to read you a little bit. We're going to do a dramatic yeah. reading. So this is this is the sort of opening... Um, of my immortal. You guys ready? I'm so ready for this. I'm so excited. (laughs) Buckle in. (laughs) Hi, my name is Ebony Darkness Dementia Raven Way, and I have long black ebony hair, that's how I got my name, with purple streaks and red tips that reaches to my mid-back and icy blue eyes like limpid tears. And a lot of people tell me I look like Amy Lee. And if you don't know who she is, get the hell out of here. Asterix, I would just like to mention that Amy Lee is uh, the singer of Evanescence. (laughs) Duh. I'm not related to Gerard Way, but I wish I was because he's a major fucking hottie. I'm a vampire, but my teeth are straight and white. I have pale white skin. I'm also a witch. And I go to a magic school called Hogwarts in England where I'm in the seventh year. Parentheses, I'm 17. (laughs) 
I'm a goth, in case you couldn't tell, and I wear mostly black. I love Hot Topic, and I buy all my clothes from there. For example, today, I was wearing a black corset with matching lace around it and a black leather miniskirt, pink fishnets, and black combat boots. That's exactly what I'm wearing right now. Guys, we're all wearing that right now. I was wearing black lipstick, white foundation, black eyeliner, and red eyeshadow. I was walking outside Hogwarts. It was snowing and raining, so there was no sun, which I was very happy about. (laughs) A lot of preps stared at me. I put up my middle finger at them. (laughs) That's so good. Oh, man. That's quintessential. That last line, I put my middle finger up. That's like the thesis statement of my immortal. Um, I hate preps so much. (laughs) Sam. Why do you think people have fallen in love with My Immortal so much? I think part of what people love about it so much is that it's just so bad. Like, you know when you hate watch something and you're like, (laughs) oh, I can't stop hating this, but I can't turn it off. Like, I think there's an aspect of that in, in this fic as well, but... Also, like, it's there's this, like, enduring mystery about it. Like, who wrote this? So that, like, is kind of fascinating. But it's also one of the best examples, whether it's parody or real, of, like, a Mary Sue self-insert fanfiction of all time. Oh, that's so good. Can that's you so explain good. what uh, Critica, maybe, like, what a Mary Sue is? Sure. Um, so basically, a Mary Sue is a self-insert of the author in, like, whatever fictional world they are writing for at the time, but it's always like an idealized version of the author. Mm -hmm. So it's like the version they wish they could be. So like, you know, teen goth girl goes to Hogwarts, but is also like too (laughs) goth for school and like learn and like knows how to play a bunch of musical instruments just because she knows Mm -hmm. and like can time travel and like all this other, you know, all the boys want her, et cetera, et cetera. So um, you're, kind you're, of... you're literally describing my high school experience. Uh, like you're just summing it up. Yeah, right. right. I mean, Ryan oh Broderick God. invented the Mary Sue. I didn't want to say <laughs> so, that. But... No, but what's, what I think is so funny about this, um, and like maybe what I think has added to the like the longevity of it, is that when you read it back now, it it is so perfectly like encaps. It so perfectly encapsulates 2006 and 2007. Yeah. Like every like the opening is literally just a laundry list of like things that I. I'm way too embarrassed to say that I was involved with when I was like yeah, 16. Like, like it's just such a perfect. Like a lot of it's about Gerard Way, who is the singer of My Chemical Romance, which you know was very popular yeah. in 2006, 2007. Amy Lee from Evanescence. It also has like every trope of bad fan fiction too. Like not only does it have the Mary Sue, oh, but like right yeah. off the bat we have like eyes like limpid tears. <laughs> and like the oh, author's yeah, note man. telling the reader <laughs> to get out and like all the like tropes of the worst fan fiction of the internet are all right here in one place and you're like yes good i think my favorite trope about this though is that she or well i said she but they is probably a more accurate way to phrase this Mm -hmm. uh they changed all the names so it's like vampire potter diablo is like ron weasley i forget what hermione (laughs) is i think it's like bloody mary something bloody mary smith Yes, thank you, Sam. And it's just like that's like the best and worst part of it for me because it's then it's like a mental game. It's a challenge to like remember who's who as you read through. Yeah, like some of the characters have like just straight up usernames. Yes, yeah. like not even names. Like yeah. someone's named like Black Girl Goth Six 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 or something. Like, 
bad. Which is like, uh, like now reflecting on that, I'm like, yeah, that is what J.K. Rowling did. Like wrote in the token, but at least my <laughs> immortal author was upfront about it. So J.K. Rowling is like very active on social media and really engages a lot with like the fandom world. What are the chances you think that J.K. Rowling has ever read this or oh, knows about it? She definitely knows about it. Yeah. But like, I don't know that she would ever go out of her way to read something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, but like, there's no, there's no way that she hasn't heard about my immortal. Yeah, I think if anyone ever asked her, she'd be like, oh, for legal reasons, I can't read fan fiction. But like, bitch, we know you read it. <laughs> <laughs> Give us the receipts. <laughs> So now that we've like kind of talked about the biggest, most famous example of like a bad Mary Sue, the the heart of today's show is actually about how Mary Sue culture and fandom culture is changing the way that gigantic like movie studios are making movies. And I feel like we've all like we've heard for years like comic fans are changing the movie industry, but like now we're actually seeing it with things like Star Wars and Deadpool. So of course we have Sam and Kritika as our experts to help us kind of wade through what what this landscape is looking like. Well, I think it's important to note, like, right off the bat that the concept of, like, the Mary Sue is kind of, like, an inherently shitty, like, sexist concept in a way. Yeah, speak on it, Sam. If you think about some of the biggest Mary Sues in fiction, they're James Bond and Batman and Edward Cullen and Legolas and also Captain Kirk and Aragorn and Wesley Crusher. Like, (laughs) all these dude characters are Mary Sues, but nobody ever talks about them like that. It's only when we have, like an original female character that some teenager has put into like their fan fiction that we're like, Oh, we can't have that. Like she's, she doesn't have any flaws or she has the wrong kind of flaws or she cries all the time or she's too powerful. Like all these things that people hate about Mary Sue's are really contradictory. Oh, that's, that's, that's so real. Like, I'm just like, listen, we live in a world where Woody Allen has gotten multiple Oscars and is a multi-million dollar director for literally writing series of movies where he's the Gary Stu. And like the- Is Gary Stu the male version? The male version of Mary Mary Sue. I like that. So like, you know, he's literally like, oh man, I would love to do a bunch of drugs and have people respect me and like fuck Diane Keaton. And like, I'm just like, I can't believe that we give him (laughs) accolades and money to keep doing this, but we yell at teen girls. And like, really what it is, is that like, these young teen girls like the act of a mary sue itself is low-key kind of revolutionary the idea that there's an entire generation of girls like seeing deciding to put themselves in a center of a narrative that purposefully excludes them is a really like powerful act but their talent has not caught up to their intentions because they're teenagers right so like these are people who are bad writers now but they like have a vision and in like 10 or 15 years they're going to be running hollywood and like uh, this is sort of already happening and subsequently fandom and movies and tv that are geared towards nerd culture are getting better and more popular definitely so the first two massive successes in hollywood this year uh in very different ways i think reflect that so star wars the force awakens you know um there's been tons of criticism uh, unfairly put on the character of Rey, who, like, let's face it, is a way better version of Luke Skywalker because Luke yes! Skywalker fucking sucks. Yes. He sucks. And then the other one, the other massive surprise this year was Deadpool, which doesn't go the Mary Sue route and didn't get the criticism, you know, because it's a guy. But also, it is, it's the same sort of uh, acknowledgement that this um, this creator community, this fan community, is starting to take the reins. And so let's start with Star yeah. Wars because I think that 
let's unpack the internet's reaction to Star Wars because they basically took two characters and made them gay. And I'm worried that teen girls are going to make all my favorite male characters gay, guys. <laughs> like, what do we do? What do I do as a straight man? Ryan, I have a question for you. Yes. How are your How are your dick sucking skills? My dick sucking skills are terrible. I'm right. sorry, you're not going to make it in this world. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you. I got to practice. You, you You can't be in with teen girls unless everything is a little gay. Yeah, that's true. Um, if you're a teen girl writing this and you have shipped or imagined Ryan as a gay man, please let me know. Email us, internetexplorer at BuzzFeed.com. I'm eager to hear about this. You know that I've been photoshopped into gay porn twice in my career as a journalist? I didn't sign up for this. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Can we just talk about the one time that our nope. former coworker, nope. Ray, who is amazing and I love him, uh, wrote Twitter fan fiction like live on Twitter uh, about... Ryan and Shrek getting it on. I forgot about I that. I believe the scenario was that Ryan, you were taking a shower and Shrek surprises you in the shower. Yeah. Wow. I'm, yeah. Yeah, he does. I'm getting a little I'm getting um, a little hot under the collar right now. Um, I'm gonna dig that up. I'm gonna um, dig that up today. So Ryan, can you explain a little bit more about like the internet reaction of like turning two characters who don't appear to be explicitly gay in the movie and just being like, guess what? We've decided they're gay now. Like, how did that work? So, so basically, like, and I, I, Sam and Kritika will probably be able to talk about this a little better. It just, I thought that it was very fascinating that, like, kids these days, kids these days, are so used to taking properties and taking characters and taking things they like and morphing them and changing them and remixing them that, like, a bunch of teenagers kind of saw glances between the character of Finn and Poe Dameron and put in a lot of, like, subtext like the way they would with one direction or the way they would with anything else the internet basically decided we know where these characters are going to go in the rest of the franchise and then it it puts the uh, the studio in a weird position where if they play into it what if it never lives up to the way these kids want it to be and if they don't play into it these kids are going to be angry well i think you're touching on like a really interesting thing that fan fiction has been so big in creating for such a long time which is that like mainstream media forever has been like super white and super straight so that's what fan fiction was for for the longest time was to be like everyone's gay now because we don't see ourselves represented on the screen we don't see ourselves represented in you know comics or whatever so we're going to write people like us into fiction but now like it doesn't even need to be fan fiction it can just be everyone on twitter agreeing that these two guys are like super gay to the point where <laughs> ryan johnson like the director of the next film has like posted on twitter fan art of the two <laughs> i mean guys like he obviously knows like everybody knows right exactly my last question for for both you guys sam and Kritika, about star wars like if you are an actor or you're a writer or you're a director and you're making one of these properties and the internet takes over and they decide that no um, we're going to make these two characters gay together. We're going to make Kylo Ren almost have like a completely different personality <laughs> via gifts than you see in the show, in the, in the, in the movie. Like Kylo Ren is sort of like, he's supposed to be this menacing guy, but everyone kind of interpreted it to, for him to be like basically an emo nerd <laughs> that sucks. And which he is, you know, actors are alive, so they're going to respond to that and they're going to like play into it. And I'm wondering like, do you think that is good? Do you think that's bad do you think that opens a floodgate of just like nonsense and pandering or do you think that it's getting back to what entertainment is supposed to be which is just like stuff that's fun that you can see yourself in i hate that notion of pandering like same same i mean like when it's straight white like no one's ever like I'm, you're pandering to straight white men like no one ever says that like i don't where did that come <laughs> from 
Yeah, I just like the idea of pandering to me is kind of silly because like the reason these actors and directors and producers whoever are like getting involved in this conversation is because they are probably thinking something along the similar lines like again this goes back to sort of like there is a generation of people who were fans who are Mm -hmm. now creators um and so like if they are not about that life then they're probably not going to change their work for that and if they are about that life they're probably thinking along the same lines as like all these great ideas and like things that are happening around fandom um i don't know i only kind of see that as a good thing and like i also think that they're they already make money they have so much power and if they really don't want to change something and they're like whatever they have creative vision or whatever like they're gonna stick to that and I think, like, there's sort of a bullshit to that, like, whole creative vision thing. If it's, like, if your creative vision is always the same, same people hooking <laughs> up with same. the same people every single time, then, like, maybe you're shitty at creating Pretty things. fucking boring. I don't know. Just saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, Sam, Sam, that's called art. It's artwork. And it's supposed to challenge you by making you watch straight people fall in love, oh. okay? So I just want to give one shout out to someone who DM'd us uh, to let us know, Twitter user at 100punksrule, okay, great username, <laughs> uh, to let us know that he goes to college with a girl who um, her entire Twitter persona is devoted to posting extremely explicit erotica about Kylo Ren, but specifically... Adam Driver, when he was on SNL a couple of weeks ago, and they did a bit where yes. he was playing Kylo Ren, but as undercover boss, pretending to be the mm-hmm. like Matt the radar technician. Yeah, Matt the radar technician. So the the premise of this sketch was that it's Kylo Ren. It's an episode of Undercover Boss, which is the reality show where like the boss at a big company goes undercover as like the janitor and learns how it feels. But he goes undercover. You know, right. he's. He's the big boss and he goes undercover as like a radar technician, but he like can't stop like killing people with the force and stuff. <laughs> but so she like draws pictures of him like as Matt, the radar technician, with like a huge boner. And like it's you know what? That's, That's so, so fucking good. Specific <laughs> and wonderful. If if our listeners come across any Kylo Ren as undercover boss erotic fan art, just be polite and know that she, as a fan, is you know remixing it and she's having fun with uh she, you know she might be running hollywood someday yeah just look enjoy it and crank your hog to it just like the rest of us yeah just like just crank your hog and have fun that that's that's my that's my motto in life to to kind of like to to wrap things up i would love to to talk to you guys about deadpool and it being this like very it's almost like everything we're talking about it gave fans like everything they wanted and in a very like aggressive way and it was this massive surprise hit that might i just read today it might become the the highest grossing r-rated movie of all time and sam you have a theory about uh deadpool specifically the women in the movie right yeah i mean it's less of a theory and more of just something that i noticed but i really (laughs) think that deadpool is the perfect example of like internet culture influencing creators and like the way they portray characters because deadpool is like traditionally has the most dude broiest of dude bro fans like the worst people are deadpool fans like traditionally um, I'm just saying. So, like, <laughs> yes. there's no reason that this movie should not have been filled with, like, misogynist, homophobic garbage. Like, that, that's 100% what I expected going into this movie. But actually, in my opinion, I thought Deadpool had some of the best representations of women 
in a superhero movie in ages because you had like Marina Baccarin and they don't make any jokes about her being a sex worker and like she's actually really tough and all the women with powers in the movie are like really badass and like a little bit flawed and interesting and this is for sure an example of like critical culture making sure that we get what we want and that's like I walked out of there like what just happened who am I like what's happening can we talk about how cool teen uh what is it negasonic teenage war what was it um negasonic teenage warhead yeah Negasonic Teenage Warhead is the coolest character I've ever I've I wanted yeah. a movie just to her and she's like not even a character in the comics really she's like one panel she's probably she probably wrote My Immortal yeah. that's why she's so great <laughs> oh yeah no if you haven't seen the movie um, Negasonic Teenage Warhead is like this really sarcastic teen X Men that is just like texting and like not caring about anything and she's like super cool and goth and like if I was fifteen I would have like had a crush on her and been able to t- unable to talk to her for like the entirety <laughs> of high school she was like so badass. Sam, Kritika, thank you so much for joining us um, to talk about fan culture and how it's, I don't know, powerful, mm-hmm. I guess. Is it is the internet its own superpower? It is. Uh, like, honestly, like, Ryan Reynolds made Deadpool and it was good because he was a huge fan of Deadpool. And, like, the more people, like, love and get into the thing and treat it as a transformative art and, like, take ownership of it, the better our pop culture is going to be. Um, Sam, I have one last question for you. Okay. Uh, which do you ship more, Poe and Finn <laughs> or Kylo Ren and Matt the Radar Technician? Oh, that's so oh hard. man, oh man. I gotta go Finn Poe because the other one's a little too like weird twincess Game of Thrones. Twincess. Are you telling me? If you had the choice to fuck a clone of yourself, you wouldn't fuck a clone of yourself. Kate, Katie, we're not doing this. We're not doing this again. We're not doing this again. You're Katie. breaking up. Katie, I can't no. really. Oh, right. sorry. I couldn't. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. Th- thanks. Thanks again, guys. Uh, thank you. Very right. Thanks, guys. Thanks to our producer, Julia Furlon. Also, Jenna Weiss-Berman, Eleanor Kagan, and Meg Kramer. Also, thanks to Paul Rest at Argo Studios for letting us record in his studio, which I guess, like, we paid him, so it's not really like he led us, but you know what I mean. So, you know, like, swearing is fine, and we do edit this. So if you say something that you, like, totally regret, you can be like, wait, forget <laughs> that. Um, yeah. But you were like, actually, Hitler had some great ideas. Like, I was going to say, we- yeah, no one knows about all the times I accidentally just sort of lose what I'm talking about and start talking about Hitler. Um, yeah. It's like a common Ryan. thing for us. Yikes. As someone who also has a micro penis, I just really look up to Hitler. <laughs>